So yesterday was a, a great day for this community. If you weren't able to be part of it, uh, you know, we had a community event out of the school. Uh, the boys were involved in some state playoff games. And it's just fun because it's a community thing. Everybody comes together and, and we just, we're a community. We stop what we're doing and just gather together. And for the first time this year, I was able to really enjoy it. I was able to, to just be present in the moment and just enjoy it. And, and the reason is, is because a path that God has had me on. And I want to share that with you. Because the first game of the season, and, and it, even if you don't like football, you'll, you'll relate to this, I think, okay? At the first game of the season, I was not able to enjoy it. Um, our uh, family does a thing with some other families where we do this tailgate thing and we bring in food and we're all, you know, hanging out. And it's supposed to be fun. And I wasn't able to enjoy it at all because I was locked up in here. You ever been to that place? You're so locked up in here that you can't enjoy something that you should be enjoying. Like, for instance, if you um, are married and, and you get some time to be with your spouse alone, like you, you plan this like date night, and like the whole time, instead of like enjoying it, you're like mad at each other and fighting, and you're like, this is awful. We've been wishing for this forever, and here we are. Well, here I am, okay, first football game, and I'm supposed to be enjoying it. This is supposed to be great, and I'm all locked up in here, and I can't enjoy anything. I couldn't enjoy the food. I went over and sat in the bleachers, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just, mm, and I'm just focused. And like, there's people around me, but I don't even notice them because I'm just focused. I remember my daughter at one point is sitting in front of me, and she's like, Daddy, or Mommy, what's the matter with Daddy? And she's like, just leave him alone. He's in another place right now. You know, and I'm just like, I, I'm just, it, was, it was totally miserable. And the reason it was totally miserable is because I had decided if I'm going to be happy and have joy, these are the things that have to happen. And because of that, I was all focused on, on even though I couldn't make it happen, like just sitting there just thinking about it. it. That's where we often go in life. This is not about football, by the way. This is about life. We get in our head that there are certain things that have to happen for us to be happy. And so I'm sitting there and I'm seeing things that I don't like. You know, I don't like this happening over here. I don't like this happening over here. Just, you know, I, I, I'm all focused in. If I'm going to be happy, this is what has to take place. And I was miserable. Well, here's what God's done with me. God's been taking me on a different path. And he's showing me, Kirk, you have to genuinely trust me. If you're telling me that this, this, and this has to happen for you to be happy, then you are not trusting me. You're trusting yourself and you're trying to tell me how to do things like really. And that's what that's what the majority of us get caught up in. We get caught up in this. Where are you at right now? What are the things that you're telling God? God, if I'm going to be happy, I need this. I need this. I need, and the people around me don't seem to be cooperating. They seem focused on their own life. I want you to hear this. If we're going to experience life, because when Jesus came, he said this, I want to bring them life and life abundantly. And I want you to hear this. You are able to have life abundantly. But the only way that happens is you start listening to him and you let him guide your life and you stop telling him what has to happen. 
And when you get to that place, there is an unbelievable place of absolute freedom. As Mike was talking earlier, he was talking about the difference between defending and dominating. I want to tell you the difference that, that what came to me. That first game that I was in, I was defending. Here's what I was trying to do. I was trying not to say something stupid. Because I was mad at everybody, right? I wanted things to go a certain way. And so I'm just, I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm ready to yell at anybody. You know, I'm ready to yell at a ref. I'm ready to yell at a coach or something, you know, uh, other player, whatever it is. Because I got this whole idea of how I want things to go. Yesterday, I feel like I moved from a place to defense to dominating because here's why. I got out of my head and I started noticing the people around me. And I was able to pour into them instead of just thinking about myself. I had my stepmom sitting beside me. I hardly ever see her. She lives an hour and a half north. We were able to talk. If she would have been there the first game, there wouldn't have been much talking. I would have been like, uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever. You know, I, I would have been focused. I, I was able, and, and you know what that did to me? It, it did something to my heart because I'm connecting with her. I, 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 there was... <laughs> There was this dude sitting behind me. Never seen him before in my life. They're playing this music before the game. He starts singing every word of it. He's tone deaf. I mean, it's awful. And I'm like, really? I'm supposed to be sitting here and enjoying it, and I got this right here in my ear. But God moved me to a different place. He's like, but you know what? He's really enjoying this right now. I can just tell. He is enjoying it. And suddenly, because my heart moved to that place, it stopped irritating me. I stopped noticing it because I started thinking about other people. How do we move to a place of not just defending and dominating? We move from the place of we stop just trying not to do bad things, okay? Trying not to yell at the people around us and be mean. And we move to a place of looking for what others would bless them. I'm telling you, this will bring you life. But here's what you need to know. Okay, when Jesus said that, he wants to bring life abundantly, the enemy, he also said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, the way he does that is through mindsets. He, through mindsets. Another thing that scripture says, it says that when people reject the Lord, they become fools. What that means is they start to believe really dumb stuff, stuff that doesn't work. Well, most of the people around us aren't following the Lord. And so most of the people around us, their idea of life is false, and it will actually bring harm and not good. Because here's what we're told by the majority of people around us. you got to just think about yourself. You got to get what's yours. You can't, you can't leave it up to anybody else to get it. And so we take on that mindset and we think that's going to make me happy. You know, going through my job, just worrying about me, you know, making sure that I get the best assignments, making sure I'm making more money than other people. And as we're doing that, what we're doing is we're pushing everybody aside. You know what? Nobody really likes us. Nobody really trusts us. We don't have good relationships at work. We go to work and we hate it. Why? Because we're thinking about ourselves. I'm telling you, even if you work with dipsticks, if you go to work and you start thinking about other people, 
and you start actually looking for ways to bless them, I don't care if they don't know the Lord, it's going to move them, and you're going to start something that happens there that brings about life. But we must live differently than the word, the world. I want to go to a scripture where Jesus talks about this. And, and he, he turns our logic up on its end. Because what he's going to tell us about the path to life is the opposite of what the world around us tells us. It's found in the Gospel of John, chapter 12, and in verse 23 is where I want to start. Gospel of John. So, verse 23, Jesus has some words that, that he's, he's going to share with his disciples and some others that are, that are there. He says, now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory. Now, I want to stop there before we go on, okay? He's saying the Son of Man, which is him, is about to enter into his glory. I, I want you to hear this. You, whether you understand it or not, are created in the image of God. You're created in the image of God. There is a, a peace of God within you. Now, life is not about glorifying yourself. It's about glorifying the Lord. But you are able to experience God's glory. And that's what Jesus was about to experience. You are able to experience that. I, the reason I point that out is because I want you to listen to his next words. He's about to enter into glory. How does he enter into that glory that God intended for him? Because God intends glory for you too. Not in the worldly sense. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a glory where you feel fully alive. Like even if your body's weak, okay? Going back to the fasting thing. You can be in the middle of fasting and be weak as a kitten and you can feel fully alive. Because your spirit is alive. You, you're just, there's just something there. But on the other hand, you can be a person who is you know, completely full and you have everything that the world says. You can be sitting in a mansion somewhere you know, with a giant screen TV with you know, a million channels that you can't even go through. I mean, you can have everything at your fingertips and you can be miserable. I tell you that because I, I've been there, you know, places where maybe I've been on vacation somewhere and you're just, you know, you've got all the luxuries and you're like, I just, I don't feel any life right now. I got all the comforts, you know. We start to think that life equals comfort. <laughs> Comfort's nice. Life does not equal comfort. We desire more. Life is about something on the inside. And so God intends that for you. How are you going to experience that? That life that you crave, something inside of you that craves, how do we get there? Listen to his next words. Verse 24. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new life. Okay, so here's his point. Kernel of wheat, okay? That kernel of wheat, like you, you're a single person, has the potential to produce life. When you produce life, okay? And I'm not talking about making babies here, okay? When you produce life, I mean that you 
impact the life of other people in a way that brings them life, it is going to do something inside of you. Like it's going to be like, ha, this is what I'm made for. I was just used to bless a person and I can tell that it did something. That it, it like brought some life to them. When you experience that, you're going to be like, ha, ha, I, I want more of that. Why? Because that's what you're intended for. That's what God made you for. And so here's what he's telling them. This kernel of wheat, if it remains alone, what does that mean? Well, that means that it tries to protect itself. I don't want to die, you know. I, I, just, I just want what's mine. So the kernel of wheat by itself, it remains alone. Now, maybe you've told yourself, that sounds really good. I'd like to be alone. I know what you're talking about. I've told myself that many times. Why? Because in the world we experience hurt, right? In relationships, we experience hurt. You know, when we get out around people, we start to get annoyed, right? Especially if you're a person like me, you know? I'm hypersensitive to, like, noises and all kinds of things, and so I notice it. And so, you know, when I get focused on those things, I get really annoyed. So sometimes I think, you know, I just want to be alone. And sometimes we all need that. But here's what I find. When I spend long periods of time alone... I'm not experiencing the life that comes from relationship that God created me for. And I start to get really miserable. And you start thinking about, well, how can I experience life but not be vulnerable? You can't. But there's a way to get through it. There's a way where we say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to lay my life down. This is what Jesus is talking about. Because what Jesus is referring to is himself, and he's also giving this truth to everyone. Jesus is about to willingly lay his life down. What's going to happen is he's going to be killed, okay? I mean, some people are going to be absolutely brutal with him, and he's going to be killed. He's going to die. But here's the thing. When he dies, here's what he does. He puts his life in God's hands, Going back to the fasting thing, you know, we're, we're entering, willfully entering a place of weakness and we're kind of just putting our life in God's hands. If you've never done this, I'm telling you, this is what's going to grow your faith. When you put your life in God's hands, when you're not like doing anything, it's like if he doesn't do anything, nothing happens. And when he moves, it's amazing. Well, that's what Jesus did. When he died, he put his life in God's hands, in the father's hands. And what the father did was he raised him back and he raised him back into a glorified state. And because of that, you and I are able to have life. Now, here's the beauty of that. We get to participate in this. We, as we lay our lives down and follow him, and he's going to talk about that later in this section. He's going to talk about if you're going to be my servant, follow me. You, there are ways that God is calling you right now to lay your life down. Just simple things where you don't focus on yourself and you focus on someone else. And when that happens, it's going to bring life. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about just doing things that God doesn't call you to. I'm talking about things that God calls you to. Um, so one of the things that God called uh, my family and I to recently was adopting a daughter. Many of you know that. But I, I got to tell you, I had a lot of fears going into that 
Because, man, that's going to really change our life. We're starting to get into this place where all of our kids were out of elementary school. You know, they're, they're sort of able to take care of themselves. And so, you know, we're not having to be as involved. You know, life's getting a little more comfortable. And then it's like, okay, we're going to add somebody else of grade school age, and um, I don't know what's going to happen here. And there's all kinds of whatever. But it was clear the Lord was calling us to move into this. And what has happened from that? Oh, life's been great, and every day's been, you know, a cakewalk. No, no, not at all. But what's happened is life, life. And now I look at it, and I'm like, I can't imagine life any differently because of the life that has come in when we say yes to the Lord. Now, God's calling you to different things right now, or maybe the same thing, I don't know. But He's calling you to different things. There are ways right now where He's asking you to lay your life down for somebody else. Stop thinking about yourself. And, and, and this means for even people that are not nice to you, okay? Even people where you've got good reason to be angry at them. Uh, this week, I uh, had somebody in custody, okay, other job. And, you know, at first they're not being nice, they're lying to me, all this stuff, you know. But as we're sitting together for hours, you know, as we're waiting for search warrants and things like that, start talking and they start, you know, asking me questions about myself. And so, you know, I mentioned, oh, I'm, I pastor, you know, this church right over here. And they start talking about how, you know, they have some kids in the house. And I'm like, well, you know, we got a kids program. You're always welcome to, you know, bring them there. And in that, you could tell the Lord was poking on their heart. He was poking. I, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but he was poking. Here's my point. Here, here's where I'm going with this. For us to get to that point, I had to keep myself from reacting when they're lying to me and, and, you know, and they had done some things that they deserved some punishment, you know. And it might be easy for me to be like, well, I'm going to be the one that gives it to you kind of a thing. But you know what? God was calling me not to do that, not to react to that, but instead to treat them as a child of God, okay? And because if I got everything I deserved, it would be ugly, Right? And so because of that, God opens up a door and he's able to use something. Here's my point. You've got people all around you that are constantly provoking you. They're constantly trying to provoke you. And you want to tell them, you know, you want to tell them what you think. You want to you know, find a way to stick it to them, whatever it is. If you will just keep your eyes on the Lord and trust him to deal with things, most likely, on down the road, God's going to give you an opportunity to actually pour into them, and you could maybe, possibly, God could use you to change their life in powerful ways. That's where life comes. That's where life comes. When God uses you in a way like that, and it's not you, it's Him, that's where life comes. i got to lay myself down in order to do that. I can't, you know, I can't be like, well, they... How dare they treat me like that? I'm going to show them. I, I got to get out of that mindset. And I got to be like, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you in this. And I'm going to, you know, keep moving forward. Um, you see what I'm saying? That's how we got to get to this point where we lay down our life. All right. So the scripture moves on. And in verse 25, he says this. 
Those who love their life in this world will lose it. We've got to constantly live with this mindset that this is temporary. That doesn't mean that God wants, doesn't want to bless us. He does, okay? But with that, here, here's what I find myself doing. I find myself, you know, before I, you know, remodel something at the house or, you know, make a purchase of something, I ask the Lord, Lord, should I do this? Because the Lord wants to bless us, but I can easily get so focused on this stuff I stop forgetting about, you know, what I'm really called to. I can get wrapped up in a project at home, you know, that's taking all my time. And I'm, you know, I'm not able to be with people and do things with people that God's calling me to. So I got to ask the Lord. God wants to bless you, but don't find yourself in a place where you're loving this and you're living for this. This is temporary. This is temporary. We got to keep that mindset if we're going to really live. Because otherwise, we're going to find ourselves in a place where we're not experiencing life. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. That's the crazy thing. It's like when you finally get to the point that you just let it go and you're like, God, it's just yours. You get to keep it. But when you're like always fighting to try and get your best life, you know, you end up losing it. It's, it's such a a paradox for what we think about with our mind. But I'm telling you, there's truth in this. If you will just let some things go and put it in God's hands, you are going to experience that life that you've been fighting for. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. So Jesus makes it clear that if we're going to experience this, this wasn't just Jesus talking about what he was doing. He was giving us the pattern to experience real life. How are you going to experience real life? Start looking around you for the people who are vulnerable and the people who really need help. And you got to get out of that place where you say, well, it's their own fault, you know? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But you know what? I was in a place where everything was my fault and thankfully the Lord rescued me and he continues to rescue me because I continue to do dumb stuff that puts me in a bad spot and he continues to rescue me. And now he's calling me to look around and look at the people that he puts in my life. Who can I reach out to? Who can I help? Not because they deserve it, okay? But because that's where I'm going to find life. There, there, there's part of a selfish motive in here because I've discovered it. I've discovered that when I start looking to try to bless other people around me, it's going to bring life back to me. But that's not what the world says. They say you got to look out for yourself. And I'm telling you, if you continue down that path, it, it just brings darkness. It brings despair. It brings frustration. And you get to this place where you just want to give up and say, ah, you know, this world stinks. God doesn't love me. Nah. You're on the wrong path. God does love you. And there's a lot of things in this world that stink. But God's able to give you blessing. And he's able to give you life in the midst of it. But you've got to choose to live differently. Lord, um,